superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. Y'all smoked it, crack! Well, since the Calgary Flames don't have a team, I guess we'll let the Edmonton Oilers play. It's Oilers Jackets tonight down at Rogers Place. Cody Jansen with your World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. Coming to you live today. It's a Thursday. It's December 16th. It's cold AF outside. So, yeah, we're staying warm inside the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. But, of course, make Lord Co. Auto Parts your go-to auto parts store. Since 1974, Lord Co. has been a trusted supplier of quality aftermarket auto parts and accessories. Shop owners, automotive professionals, and do-it-yourself vehicle owners know it's the place to go for fast and knowledgeable service. Check out its new location on Calgary Trail Northwest in Edmonton. And don't forget to stroll through its new in-store truck center for the latest truck accessories and high-performance products. The doors are open seven days a week. View store hours and services at lordco.com. Got a lot to talk about on this show today. Channel One Cup going on. We'll hit pause on that because Canada isn't actually playing today. We'll get you some scores a little bit later on. Oilers Jackets tonight. So, yes, we're going to break that one down. Content guy over at the Nation Network, formerly of TSN 1260, Tyler Yamtrek, is going to join us here. And then from the fourth period, Dennis Bernstein hopping on in about, uh, say, 34 minutes' time. We'll connect with him. I, I believe he's coming from the great state of California. Probably a lot nicer weather than we have right here. And let's break it all down. Of course, you can join the conversation anytime at 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Say what's up. We're coming to you live on Zingo TV channel 761. Of course, Zingo always free. Use 120Z when signing up. And if you miss any of the show or yesterday's show, we had Ben holding on. If you missed Tuesday's show, Adam was on, had some hot takes, of course. Download those, the Hockey Podcast Network, and use THPN if you're signing up on DraftKings today. Oilers and Jackets, you got the fourth place team in the Pacific and the fifth place team in the Met. I mean, if you're the Oilers, you're on a six-game losing skid right now. Something needs to change. And we changed it up. We're not going to take any audio from the pregame here. They got to do something different. They're coming off a 5-1 loss against Toronto. And I want to know. It's a question of the day. Let us know at World Hockey RPT on Twitter. What do the Oilers have to change here? Is it as simple as Darnell Nurse says, and he goes, hey, we got to look in the mirror. We got all the right guys. We're just not winning hockey games. Has the game changed that much in a month and a half where at the start of the season, the Oilers were untouchable? And now, I mean, everyone's kind of just dealing with them how they want. They've scored two or less goals in their last five games. Four goals, four games, they've had one goal. It's unacceptable if you're the Oilers right now. How are you supposed to have the two best players in the world And over the last five games, you've scored six goals? That's not pretty. That's not pretty at all. So, of course, join the conversation. Let us know what you think. We'll go through Twitter in a little bit at World Hockey RPT. Talking Oilers and Jackets. Edmonton, they're 16 and 11 on the season. Still yet to lose in overtime. Columbus, 14, 12 and 1. They're coming off that 4-3 loss against Vancouver, where Vancouver had the three-goal comeback. It's a tough one. But... 
For Columbus, the expectation was pretty low this year. I, I still think Liney is a question mark to the best of my knowledge. I don't know if he's officially in. I know he rejoined the team in Vancouver. Their goaltending hasn't been good. So I don't know what you expect if you're Columbus right now because that's probably one of the biggest things that keeps a mediocre teams in it. Merzlikin's been good. Merzlikin. Good lab again right there. Merzlikin has a 9-13 save percentage this year, this season. Corpusalo has not been good. And when you're talking at the start of the year, I mean, uh, I'm sure Dennis would agree. He's heard it before from Dave Pinota at the fourth period. Corpusalo, his name gets tossed out all the time. Oh, the Oilers could be interested. Oh, if he's on the Oilers, this changes that team as a whole. Well, I don't think so. He's an 885 goaltender. He doesn't have a good save percentage. And you can say that they're on a bad team, but realistically, they're not that much. They're two wins worse than the Edmonton Oilers right now. So how bad are they? And they're in a lot tougher division. You can't argue that. So they're not that much worse. Maybe they're not amazing. Obviously, injuries have played a huge part. The Oilers, Mike Smith, he's back skinny. He could rejoin the team soon. Is he a difference maker, though? I'll get into that with Tyler, because I want to know from his perspective. Obviously, he's seen the team enough to know you know, how much Mike Smith actually brings to this team. And I think it's a lot off the ice, almost, if that makes sense, where when he's in the net, he brings that extra firepower. He brings that piss and vinegar that they don't have on most nights. You know, I think about the Battle of Alberta when he's screaming at Matthew Kachuk, or just how many battles in the last minute of play. I don't see that. In this Oilers team. I don't see anyone starting fires out there. That's what you would hope for from your third and fourth line. Zach Cassian sure ain't bringing it. Darnell Nurse isn't bringing it. You need that extra emotion in games. And I'm wondering, I'm curious if they can find that for tonight. I'm not saying you got to go out there and goon it up. But you got to have something. You got to be playing for something. Maybe a little intimidation wouldn't hurt. If you're the Oilers, I know Dave Tippett would like to see it, but he's not going to be on the bench. Expect Glenn Gulletson to be steering the ship once again for Edmonton. For the Blue Jackets, I don't went through it. Line is a question mark. Their top line, Oliver Bjorkstrand's been good for them. Former Portland Winterhawk, uh, nine goals, 14 assists, 23 points for him this season. He's on the top line. Boone Jenner's going to center it, assumedly. And then uh, Gregory Hoffman on the right. One of the players I'm excited to see, Alex Tessier. French sniper, fast player, really at his coming out party at the World Championships, I think. He's one of the more intriguing young prospects. Not like he's going to be this, you know, super stud or anything anytime soon, but he's one of those players where hockey fans like to see him play. He does things the right way. He's exciting. He can make those electric plays that take away your breath. So we'll see. The Oilers got to do better. They got to step up defensively. We got to see, you know, Maybe it's about time Connor McDavid takes over a game again. It's been six. Or Leon Dreisaitl. I know it's a weird occasion. You know, you think of that empty net he missed against Toronto one-timer, his spot. He probably makes that 99 out of 100 times. But how many times can you use that excuse? I've heard it three times over the past six games. Oh, Leon doesn't miss that. They're just in a rut. You don't want to peak too early, but you also don't want to miss the train because if they lose today... And San Jose wins, boom, they're out of a playoff spot right now. And this isn't like, oh, we're before American Thanksgiving. It's just a playoff spot. Getting close to Christmas here. And the way that this season's shaking out, luckily, knock on wood, I'll do that for you. COVID hasn't hit them too hard. Devin Shore's on the COVID protocol list right now. 
So it, they've been lucky. Let's be real. They're a lot luckier than the Calgary Flames right now, who, per Slim Valji, our friend over at TSN Calgary, they've got the Omicron variant in their locker room, was in their locker room, whatever. They're all doing good per the team this morning. That's still a scary sight how quick that can actually rip through your locker room. I guess we'll see what happens. End of the day, though, if you are going to the game, just enjoy it. It's as simple as that because think about the people in Ontario. They're going down to 50% capacity. What do you do? What do you do about your season ticket holders? You can't just kick them to the curb. Or, you know, you can say, oh, we're going to go back and forth. We'll rotate them. Well, that doesn't work. What if someone has season tickets because they want to see a certain team and you're like, oh, sorry, not your game. Do you refund them if you if they want? That's a tough one. It's a tough break to happen mid-season if you're Toronto and Ottawa. And I wonder, not trying to you know hit the panic button, not trying to scare anyone, but I wonder if that happens. I could see BC being one of the first, I guess they're going to be the second now doing that. They're hyper-careful in British Columbia. All of a sudden, they might go, okay, that's enough, going down to 50% capacity. But what does that really do? What does that really do that, uh, other than affects the NHL's bottom dollar, I don't think it keeps players safer. I don't think these players are getting it from fans. Now, it's going to piss you off a little bit to see the Oilers posting about Devin Shore and Connor McDavid signing autographs with their masks down. What was it yesterday? A couple of days ago. That's got to piss you off a little bit saying, hey, you know, if we don't get to watch hockey because you guys have COVID, you know, if you pay it, you buy a ticket and you want to watch Connor McDavid and he's on COVID and you see a picture of him signing autographs with his mask down, hey, you're a little pissed off. I would be too. If I was a hardcore NHL fan and that's what I saw. I don't know. You got to be a little upset, don't you? Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, tell me. Join the conversation right now. I also wanted to get into this a little bit because I know there's a lot more NHL talk coming up, but we brought up the Olympics and where's the fix for this yesterday? It was a great conversation. If you missed it, go download the podcast. The Hockey Podcast Network has it. But we talked about what's the perfect plan for the Olympics. Could they solve their problems by just saying, nope, we're not going to send our players ever. We're just going to start our own tournament. I don't think that's the right answer. Again, I would say Summer Olympics is the best. When I tweeted it out this morning, the NHL, the IOC, move it to the Summer Olympics. Everyone go, oh, you can't have ice in the middle of summer. It's 2021. We can have ice wherever we want. These places are spending billions on getting set up for the Olympics. I think they can put a hockey rink in Brazil. I think they can put a hockey rink in London, or they got one in London. I think that's where the next Summer Olympics are. It doesn't seem that hard. Like, we're not changing the game by having a hockey in summer. But now you're not interfering with the NHL's paychecks. You're not stopping the season. If players want to enjoy their summer, if they're getting healthy, if they get surgery and they don't want to play, that's fine. That's their choice. Players are going to do the exact same thing in winter. If they're banged up, they're not going to the Olympics. So you can't use that excuse. If they want to enjoy their summer and don't want to go to the Olympics, that's fine. Robin Leonard's doing the exact same thing right now. He's saying, hey, yeah, I'm probably fine without going. And that trickle-down effect's going to happen. I, I can't see Eric Carlson going after some of his comments, and that's perfectly fine. 
that's going to happen summer or winter Olympics. I know COVID's still a thing. COVID's still going to be around. James chimes in on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. That's where you can reach us. Says, forgetting about the whole winter sports thing. I believe the players union owners may have a say in this. Well, James, I'm sure they do have a say in this. But end of the day, it's IOC's decision of where they want to put the final product. The players, the union, the owners, they get to decide if they go. The IOC decides when and where they want to hold the event. Matt Lavalley says, players aren't going to want to play in the summer. They're all relaxing at their cottages. And that's a fact that you're going to have to live with. They're not all going to want to play in July. But can you give them the option? Is it a little bit of a better option than making them stop the season for a month? Or, heaven forbid, they get COVID over in China and got to miss five weeks. Are you not giving them a better option? Are you not giving fans a better option to have a best-on-best tournament? I think you are. Script says, LOL. Good comment, of course. Chime in at World Hockey RPT. Free Willie says, I don't agree. Summertime is when families travel and spend time outdoors. Having hockey in the summer would defiantly, I think it means definitely, hurt viewer numbers. I don't think so. I think there's a best-on-best tournament. I think if you can watch Canada, Connor McDavid take on Austin Matthews and the Americans, you don't give two hoots if it's in February or July. If you're a hockey fan, if you like international hockey, if you like watching the best hockey possible, you're going to watch it. You're going to want to watch Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky duel it out. You're going to watch Ovechkin versus Crosby for what could be the last time in a Canada-Russia game. It doesn't matter if it's in July. It doesn't matter if you'd rather be kicking a soccer ball outside. No, if the game's on TV, you're going to be watching it. Don't kid yourself. Jabo says, but isn't a summer's... But it isn't a summer sport. The Summer Olympics have field hockey, which is a summer sport. You are going to stop ice hockey from taking over the summer because they already have field hockey? That's two totally different things. That's like me saying, oh, because they've got soccer in the Olympics, they shouldn't have, I don't know, actual American football. I know that doesn't, doesn't get played in winter, but still, I don't agree with that at all, Yabble. That does not make sense. Uh, quick NHL news before we head off to a commercial break here. Spencer Knight, he's going down to the American League. And also, I haven't done full research on this, but I saw Adam tweeted it out, so I'll throw it out. And if you got info, join the conversation right now. Very interested to see where NFL goes with letting asymptomatic players play. Now, my opinion, I said it yesterday, I think that's the way of the world. I think that's how it's going to be going. I'm not some anti-vaxxer. I'm vaccinated. I'm COVID conscious. I'll wear my mask. I will take full precautions. But there comes a point in time, if we're not getting rid of COVID completely, you got to determine when do you start living with it. Not a doctor. Just trying to throw that one out there. Alrighty, let's head off to a commercial break here. When we come back from the Nation Network, it's their content. Man, Tyler, you're M. Chuck right here. I gotta redo that. It's Tyler Uram Chuck. He's from Edmonton. You know him, you love him. He's coming up next. We're gonna talk Oilers. It's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Kawada Parts.
Follow Team Canada with sports travel tours in their bid to win back-to-back world championships. Canada will play all their games in beautiful Helsinki, Finland, and will face Switzerland, Germany, and Russia. Sports travel tour packages include a fantastic hotel, all transfers, amazing game tickets, a tour host, as well as a pre-game party. Check out the official world championship packages at sportstraveltours.com. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets if they score. You can score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Team Canada with sports travel tours in their bid to win back-to-back world championships. Canada will play all their games. In- what we do here is go back, 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 back. It's World Hockey Report, Thursday, December 16th. We're brought to you by Lord Go Auto Parts. Visit Lord Go's in-store truck centers at select locations today. They are open seven days a week, and they're, of course, they're the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. Cody Jansen with you, coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. Follow me on Twitter, January 31, and the show at World Hockey RPT. Pleased to snap it over now to the content guy for the Nation Network, formerly of TSN 1260. It's Tyler here. I'm Chuck. Joining us on the line, Tyler, we got Oilers. Jackets tonight, obviously it's been tough for Edmonton. Six straight losses. They've been held to two goals or less in their last five as well. What are you hoping to see tonight from this team that would maybe give you a a little more optimism coming out of the Christmas break? Oh, I think uh, we can go through like a little checklist here. I think first (laughs) off, you want to see them score first. I don't remember the last time this team scored first or had the lead coming out of the first period or anything like that. Their starts have been getting better but they haven't been productive enough in the first period and they're playing catch up every single night. So the first one is definitely, they got to find the back of the net first. And Hey, if that goal can come from someone not named McDavid or dry settle, I'm not even getting picky anymore. I'm not even saying it needs to come from the bottom six, just anyone that's not McDavid or dry settle, get that first goal, get off to a good start, show that the depth is there and you can get some production. And, and those are sort of the main two things I'm going to be looking for tonight from this team. And, it's desperate times here. Like if they don't, if they don't pick up two points tonight against Columbus, I think it's getting to the point where they need to start discussing some serious changes. Have you been disappointed in McDavid and Drysaddle over the past six games? No, actually, I'm not. Like, yeah, their productions dipped down, but they were producing two points a game earlier in the year. They're the basically sole reason why this team was able to get off to their nine and one start and why they looked so good early on. Their production masked a lot of the issues that we're seeing 
right now. So there's not a lot of disappointment. I think most Oilers fans knew that there would come a point in the season where that production slows down just a little bit. Like Leon Dreisett was at a goal a game. I mean, he wasn't going to score 50 and 50, right? So I, I think it was expected that this production would slow down. The disappointment comes from me and the rest of the team and their inability to pick up the slack when the superstars maybe aren't running at that two-point-per-game clip. Stuart Skinner starts tonight between the pipes. Does that worry you a little bit? Not that Koskinen's been great, but again, it's just you're starting your third-string goalie and you're trying to snap a losing skid. Those usually aren't formulas for success. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried, actually, because Skinner's numbers have been pretty good. Like, between him and Koskinen, I, I don't really have a preference who gets the start. And if you go back through his game log here, he's played eight times now for the Oilers, started in seven games. You know, he hasn't given up more than four goals. Even in those games where he did give up four goals, not too many of them were, like, directly his fault. The game against Seattle wasn't his best night. But pretty much every time he's been in net for the Oilers, he's given them a chance to win the hockey game. And I think that's all you can ask from your goalie, especially when you hope that the offense can start clicking. So he's got a 918 save percentage, a 276 goals against average. I'm more than confident in Stuart Skinner's ability to give the Oilers a solid 60 minutes. The last thing I'll say on him is that for the most part, he's been great on home ice as well. He's only allowed six goals in his three games played at Rogers play. So Skinner's been good on home ice. I'm not worried about him at all tonight. Where's your faith level in this third and fourth line? Obviously, Shore's out with COVID. Perlini's coming in. Like, I mean, is there any hope that they'll turn it around? Or are you kind of of the belief of Ken Holland still has to do more to add to this depth up front? Yeah, the way they're looking tonight, I don't have a lot of belief. Like, Sevier, Ryan, and Cassian is their third line. You know, if that was their fourth line and they had some competent scorers in the bottom six playing on a third line, then I'd feel I'd feel a little bit better, right? But Ryan McLeod's out with COVID. You got Zach Hyman out, so that means one of your top six or one of your good bottom six players and someone like a Warren Fogle has to move up into the top six. If everyone was healthy, I'd say their bottom six was maybe one impact piece away from, you know, being satisfactory in my opinion. But with the injuries they're facing up front and the COVID protocol issues they have in the forward group, this bottom six does not inspire any confidence in me. Like their fourth line tonight is going to be Kyle Torres, Brendan Perlini and Tyler and Tyler Benson. That trio, I don't think they've scored yet this season. Any of them. Turris has a couple shootout winners, but there's just there's nothing going with that line. It's an American League line. My apologies, Kyle Turris has one goal and one assist. The other two on his wing don't have a point yet this season. So my confidence level in the bottom six tonight, very, very low. What did you think of the defense against Toronto? I didn't think that they were anything to write home about again. They're still battling some injuries. You can say that they rushed a few of them back, possibly just to get to a more NHL-style lineup. But I want your assessment of the defense. I actually thought they they held the Leafs okay. Um, Only 18 shots against at 5-on-5 in that game against Toronto. Their defense, for the most part, has its impact players back in the lineup. Their top four is kind of exactly what I would imagine Dave Tippett would like the top four to be for the remainder of the season. Nurse playing with Bouchard, Keith playing with CeCe, the third pairing, Nima Linen and Barry is an ideal, but that is what it is. You're missing a couple of guys on the left side, I suppose. Uh, but actually, I didn't think the blue line was that bad. And that game against Toronto is probably the blueprint for how I'd like to feel about or how I'd like to feel about them kind of every game where, yeah, they were nothing to write home about. But this, if this blue line is just average, that should be good enough for this team on most nights. Because again, I lay the blame of this six-game losing streak at the feet of not being able to produce enough offense and not getting enough offense from every part of their lineup. 
I agree in a sense, but I think that some of the blame then has to fall on McDavid and Dreisaitl if we're talking about offense. Not that they have to keep up their two points per game pace, but sometimes you got to take over a game here and there. Hey, you've seen this team enough, and I want to ask about Mike Smith. Obviously, he's supposedly close to coming back, as we've heard multiple times now, but you know how much he means to this team and the energy level that he can bring on the ice. Are you seeing them miss a little bit of that? Because I'm not seeing energy coming from guys like Zach Cassie and Darnell Nurse, the ones who you hope bring a little bit of that piss and vinegar to the lineup. Yeah, um, they're certainly missing that. And Mike Smith bring some of that to the table. I think he he does play an important role in that locker room, but at the same time, I almost don't want to go there because I don't want to let guys like Zach Cassian off the hook for their lack of energy. You know, when when was the last time, I mean, in the six game or yeah, six game losing streak, we haven't gotten a fight. I couldn't tell you how many big hits have been thrown. Like it's just nothing. The give a crap meter on this team is so low right now and it's mind-blowing for a group that's struggling as much as they are, how one player in that locker room doesn't stand up and go, you know what, I'm going to go out there and just mess around, and I'm going to go lay a big hit, I'm going to go do something, drop the gloves, do anything to spark my team. They have absolutely none of that. There's barely pushing and shoving after the whistles. The energy level is a huge concern for me, and you know, could it come back when Mike Smith returns? I suppose, but that doesn't make me feel any better because, again, a guy like Zach Cassian, we heard for the last two seasons or for the last season in the playoff run that, oh, you know, the empty buildings are affecting him. Once fans are back, he'll get going. Okay, well, fans are back. There's, you know, 80% capacity most nights at Rogers Place in terms of the attendance level, and Zach Cassian has still been inconsistent. So, yeah, Mike Smith could, could give him a boost, but that doesn't excuse the lack of energy we've seen the last six nights. I wanted to ask about Cassian a little bit more in depth as well, but you pretty much broke it down. What, what was your thoughts on Dave Tippett giving him a promotion to play with guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl after really doing nothing? I mean, as you said, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've seen him actually take over a shift in the, this whole season, really. And then the coaches are rewarding him. That's what I don't get. Is that a Dave Tippett thing? Or do you think Cassian might have earned that with his practice play? We're all go with this and we're all defend Dave Tippett a little bit in that situation. Not that I really want to, but um, Zach Hyman was out of the lineup, right? So if you're looking at the top six and they wanted to play McDavid and Drysaddle together for a game to spark the offense, which means I think you need to put Pugliarvi on his own line because he actually has a little bit of an ability to drive play. So you had Pugliarvi, you had Nugent Hopkins on that second line. The choice was Yamamoto or Cassian on the top line. And if we want to talk about earning it, Okay, well, Kyler Yamamoto hasn't earned it either. So you're basically picking between two guys who haven't brought much of anything to the table throughout the course of the season. And they just went with Zach Cassian because, I mean, at least you could point to that one game against Arizona where he had three points and go, okay, well, at least he produced a little bit when we put him in this spot earlier in the season. I would have a problem with it if Zach Hyman was healthy and Cassian was still getting those gravy minutes in the top six. I honestly think he just got it because Dave Tibbet looked at the piece of paper in front of him and said, no one else here deserves this, so I'll go with the guy I'm comfortable with. What do you do with Kyler Yamamoto? I can't remember the last time he had a shot on goal, Tyler. So what, Five games what, ago. <laughs> what, what do you do if you're Ken Holland? I mean, he just he's not a top six forward right now, and the way you're treating him is like he's earned those type of minutes. Yeah, and that's the big problem for me is I love his battle level. I love the way he creates turnovers. He's a pest on the forecheck, like, or a pest on the forecheck. He just, he gets in there, and, and there's times where he does a lot of really good stuff, and then he gets the puck on his stick, 
and it's just absolutely nothing. It just flatlines, can't give you anything. Like I said, no shots on goal in five games. And I think they were really hoping that Yamamoto would have a good bounce back season and be a legitimate, reliable offensive option in that top six. But he just hasn't been that guy. And, you know, he's only making one point something million. So he's not a problem against your cap. Do I think they would be open to moving him in a deal? Yeah, I think he's one of those pieces that if another team saw value in a young guy with some top six experience, I think the Oilers would be open to moving him, but I don't think they're necessarily shopping him around and just trying to get a pick for him because, again, at one point something million, you can have that body in your lineup, but he's really got to get going. If I, if I was putting together a list of the forwards I've been most disappointed with this season, I mean, Yamamoto and Cassian are hand-in-hand hand at the top of that list. Do you think Dave Tippett, not his lost lost this room i hate i hate when they say he's lost the room yeah. but when you think of dave tibbett's style of play tyler you know you think of his ideal team a team that four checks hard a team that intimidates a little bit a team that can put other squads on their heels do you think that ken holland's built him the wrong team here in edmonton right now that's a really interesting question um i i don't think he's built him the wrong team but I don't think the pieces Dave Tippett has are that of a Stanley Cup contender per se. Like when they're playing their best, yeah, I think this is a group that's good enough to win a couple of rounds. It's just probably going to be a matter of them getting hot at the right moment. But Dave Tippett, you know, buttoned down defensive hockey. Think about those teams in Arizona that he had that were winning where their leading scorers were like Ray Whitney and Redeem Verbata, right? Like that's not exactly McDavid and Dreisaitl, but Tippett found a way to coach those teams to wins. And I think, you know, Tippett's trying to walk that line of having a high-tempo, fast-paced team because he has these two Ferraris and McDavid and Dreisaitl sitting in his garage. But then everything else around there just doesn't lend him to that fast-paced style. So it's almost like the Oilers are a team with a bit of an identity crisis, right? When McDavid and Dreisaitl are on the ice, you want to be pushing the pace and hammering the other team and playing this up-tempo style of hockey. But as soon as they're off the ice, you need to switch the way you're playing and have everyone just kind of playing to survive and that kind of vintage Dave Tippett button down defensive trap hockey. And I think that's just maybe part of the problem here is they're a team that doesn't have one clear cut identity. Do you think it's worth it for Ken Holland to even go after a goalie at this point? Like I'm not saying Corpus Allo because he's an 880 goaltender. Like I don't yeah. think that's even an upgrade at this point, but I, I want to know your opinion on does a goalie move the needle on this team? Because that's what we talked about for the first month and a half, six weeks, yeah. every single day. It's well, they still don't have a goalie. They still don't have a goalie. I'm still not convinced that if you put John Gibson on this Oilers team right now, it changes them into cup contenders. Uh, I mean, if it's John, like if we're talking John Gibson or a legitimate top tier goalie in the NHL, I think it does push them close to that status. Just because if you've got a guy who's going to consistently be 930 for you between the pipes, that that masks a lot of your issues and that masks a lot of your deficiencies. Do I think that realistically at this deadline, the Oilers should be or the fans should be expecting that? No, because I'm not sure who's really out there. I don't think the Marc-Andre Fleury thing is a legitimate, realistic option. He makes too much money, and I think he'll cost too much to acquire for a guy who's only going to be here for the short window that is this season. You know, would the Kraken consider moving one of their two goalies? Would you want one of those two, considering how nope. slow they've started? Not really. People were talking about Hudobin. Hudobin just point blank has sucked this year when he's been in net. So I look around the league, and I don't see an option. Like, is, 
would Philly move Carter Hart? Even then, if you're Edmonton, it's costing you a lot to bring in that guy. And he's been hit or miss so far in his NHL career. So I think that the goaltending might be an offseason thing. Once again, it pains me to have to say that. And I think if Ken Holland's going to move assets like the first round pick or a higher end prospect, go get a D-man or go get a scoring winger and try to beef up this team up front or at least help on the blue line and make life easier for the goalies. I think he got a better chance to get Spencer Knight out of Florida before Carter Hart. Just the way that those teams are structured cap-wise. Tyler, I got one more fun one for you, and I know I've kept you a little bit longer. But you made the transition from traditional radio to the new age media, and I think that's what's so cool about you know just everything that you guys are doing at the Nation Network. Frank's been awesome there, and it's you know it's a very similar platform to World Hockey Report. But what's that change been like for you, and how much are you enjoying kind of a little bit of a non-traditional media role in the hockey industry? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because, I mean, radio was, I mean, traditional is a great word for it. It was super kind of, you know, cut and dry, right? You you went in there, you did your two-hour show, you followed a similar structure, and that was it. And then here at The Nation, like, yeah, we have our stuff, like our game day show and our daily face-off show every day, and we do all of that. But then otherwise, you're kind of wide open to do whatever you want, and there's so much room to kind of be experimenting and trying out new things. And that's kind of my favorite part of it is I feel like I'm, I'm really able to flex my creative abilities a little bit and try new things and launch new shows and just kind of talk about whatever I want without the restrictions that maybe traditional media may have had. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, awesome to hear you're doing good. Appreciate you taking the time here. Try and enjoy the Oilers game tonight. I guess we'll, uh, we'll hope for the best, man, and uh, we'll, we'll, take, or we'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Tyler Graham Truck right there from the Nation Network content guy joining us on World Hockey Report to talk Oilers and Jackets tonight. The Oilers are minus 195 on the money line. Puck line, minus 105. So you got some value there. Columbus, not the best team. I guess we'll see. It could be a different story if Patrick Line gets in the lineup to get Stuart Skinner going tonight. As you heard Tyler say, Skinner's been good at home. For Columbus, I don't know if we've got a starting goaltender on yet, but they're plus 165 on the money line. Good value, I guess, if you have zero belief in the Oilers. But are we really at that point? I don't know. I thought Tyler had some good breakdowns, though. He was honest, and that's what we like about him. He wasn't going to hand out any free cakewalks, but he was also saying, hey, maybe we don't uh, you know, hit the panic button just yet. Let's give him some time. Maybe Cassian brings the energy tonight. Maybe he surprises us. Maybe Yamamoto has two. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but we are going to head off to a commercial break. And when we come back, talk to the man from the fourth period. Dennis Bernstein is going to join us. It's Cody Jansen, World Hockey Airport. We are presented by Lordco Auto Parts since 1974. They've been your go-to trusted supplier of quality aftermarket auto parts and accessories open seven days a week. You can go check them out, lordco.com. Team Canada with sports travel tours in their bid to win back-to-back world championships. Canada will play all their games in beautiful Helsinki, Finland, and will face Switzerland, Germany, and Russia. Sports travel tour packages include a fantastic hotel, all transfers, amazing game tickets, a tour host, as well as a pre-game party. Check out the official world championship packages at sportstraveltours.com.
Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any NFL team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets if they score. You can score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. It's Cody Jansen. World Hockey Report is presented by Lordco Auto Parts. Find a store near you at lordco.com. That easy. They're open seven days a week. New store opened up right here in Edmonton. Let's head down south now. Ennis Bernstein is going to join us from the fourth period. And the hottest team in the Pacific, definitely the Anaheim Ducks right now. They're a fun squad to watch. And Dennis, I, I, I want to ask, because I heard you talk about this guy before the season actually started. And it was around Troy Terry. And what a start for him. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think it was you and David talking about him. And Troy Terry has come shot out of a cannon here. He leads the team in goals. I want to ask, did you, you know, kind of think that this was going to be a turning year for him or was it just rumblings around California that this guy looked great coming into the season? Cody, I thought he'd be better. I did not think he would be this. I don't think anybody, I don't think Troy Terry thought he would be this. So I think it's just a situation where uh, this team has some prospects and sometimes you have to be a little bit more patient. They were patient with Troy Terry. Certainly Trevor Zekas is grabbing a lot of uh, headlines with his moves behind the net and passing to Sonny Milano. But for Troy Terry, it's just a guy just realizing his potential and having the um, trust of the coach and Dallas Eakins and going out there, being able to make the mistakes, getting the opportunities and seizing the opportunities. So no, I, at this clip and this rate, and I don't think it's certainly sustainable. He's like the, uh, Andrew Monsunapani of this, of Southern California to a Terry, but it's a great story. And it's a situation where sometimes when you bet on these prospects, sometimes they do come through and they, him and Seagus have both galvanized this team because coming in, well, I thought these players could do something. I didn't really think much of the Anaheim's chances for the playoffs. And here we sit today. Now, granted, they played about three more games than both Vegas and Calgary, but they sit in first place as we get to game 31. Well, sometimes patience does pay off. And I, it's been fun to watch Zegras this year. You talk about him making those crazy passes. This might seem a little out to lunch, but is he the most creative player in the NHL right now? Like, I'm not meaning best player, best passer, best goal scorer. The most creative. Dennis, what's your thoughts? He's up. Yeah, Coach, he's up there. I would also put Kaprizov. I'd certainly put the Breadman Panarin in there, but he's certainly in the conversation because his moves get on SportsCenter. And I think that's part of the issue is that, that he is uh, some of the stuff that he thinks about. And he practices. This is one thing, Cody. This isn't something that he just like thought of, like when he's standing behind the net, like he practices this, this stuff. He practices with Milano. So this is stuff that is planned. 
And at the right time, right opportunity, you want to take the, the opponent by surprise, he pulls off these plays. So to me, uh, you could argue he is, uh, but it's certainly a team that was average, that was frankly was boring. To have a player like this injected into their lineup, it's an entirely different looking team. They're an entertaining watch at this point, primarily because of, uh, of Trevor Zegers. Do you think they got a chance in playoffs? Obviously, they're sitting in the top spot right now. They're not a joke. We're almost at Christmas. But do you think come a seven-game playoff series, this team's going to have what it takes to win a round or two? Um, you know, it's funny. I was looking at their numbers. The only thing they're really excelling at, like they're being successful, the shooting percentage is about 8%, which is a little bit over the average. Their goaltending's been great. And Anthony Stolars, who stepped in for John Gibson has been fantastic as well. And while you might think that the numbers might say, okay, John Gibson's had a really great season, he really hasn't. He, he's been on par, but Stolars has been like the guy who's been overachieving. Do I think this is a team that can run the table and win two rounds? I don't. I, I think they're going to need more depth scoring. Um, and I'm not trusting John Gibson necessarily in the playoffs as well. I, I want to see him in a big spot. So I, I think at this point, they're a top eight team. Um, They'd be pesky. I think I would call them pesky, Cody. I, I don't see them as a strong contender. Like, I don't think they're going to win the division. I think at the end of the day, Vegas, you know, when, once Jack gets here, Calgary, once they get past their COVID issues, I think they're better depthful teams. And uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Edmonton right now, but I assume they're a better team. So I think they could be a playoff team. I'm not sure they're going to do much damage in the postseason. But if they did get to the point, they're way ahead of schedule. Because people had them last. People had them behind Seattle this year. And the run they're on right now, it's just it all goes well for them in the future. But I think that you have to manage your expectations with respect to postseason success for Anaheim right now. You mentioned goaltending, and we'll head over to the LA Kings right now. Cal Peterson this offseason, he gets a 3 by 5 I know it starts next year, but all the talk, oh, he's the goalie of the future. No one expected Jonathan Quick to have such a great season. I mean, his numbers have been phenomenal. But Cal Peterson, those numbers have to scare a few people in L.A. He's an 880 goaltender right now. And if this is your guy you've locked in for the next three seasons at $5 million per, this could be a worse deal than Miko Koskinen's. <laughs> it's tricky right now, Cody, to be honest with you. It's a guy who's clearly lost the confidence, who's lost the never Jonathan Quick. And, and that in itself is not an embarrassment. And John is playing at the 2018 Jennings level. That he, that he, right now. So it's not an embarrassment. It's a nice security, a nice security blanket to have. But I think the question is next season, like you mentioned, next season, they're going to have, at least from a cap perspective, you know, John signed one of those long-term deals with the cash on the back end isn't really that great. From a cash perspective, it's not that bad. But you're going to have over $10 million in cap hit with both these guys next season. I assume they're going to move Jonathan Quick at the deadline, but that's the other question. You you have Peterson locked in here for three more years. Um, John will be on the last year of his deal next season. Do you deal him to a contender if the team falls out of playoff contention? You might have to. Might, that might solve the issue. But, yeah, I, I think there's some small concern about Cal because we're way, way far away from the start of next season. But he needs to play better. And, you know, Tom McCullough needs to count on him to win games when he's back in the net. And he, he clearly is not the better goaltender. It's not a one-on-one A anymore. And there's a number one and a number two in Los Angeles. It's Jonathan Quick at one and Cal Peterson at two. But Cal has to raise his level at some point. But again, you know, there's a lot of runway left in the season. There's 50-some on games. So uh, uh, the expectation is Cal will play better than he has been. But it's been a rough go for him in the start of the season, yes. 
Hindsight's 2020 here, Dennis, but you know enough people in the organization. I'm sure you've talked to enough people in the organization. Is there a couple of people still punching air about them getting rid of Jack Campbell? I mean, he's got a 937 this year. He's having the season of his life. And again, he was a goaltender who has gone through LA. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Cause look, despite the Kings success, he's got a way better team in front of him. In, in Toronto, right? I mean, this is a guy who give, could give up three or four goals. Not that he has, but he could give up those goals and still win games. So he's not going to, if the team goes down one nothing, it's not big saves that Jack has to make to, um, you know, to, to, to keep his team in the game. And I, I think the misgiving is when you look at the, the trade, the trade was Jack Campbell for Trevor Moore. Right now, that's a little imbalance with respect to Toronto. So you would have liked maybe, I think the misgiving might have been we needed to get more for Jack Campbell. We didn't know what we had. So I, I don't think if they had to do it over again, they're saying, okay, now that's 2020 hindsight, Cody. I'm not going to second that the Kings, but I just right now, there's an imbalance with respect to the return they got for a guy who's in the best of the conversation right now. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I guess we, we might as well just keep the goaltender topics rolling right now. Dennis Burns, to my guest from the fourth period, Robin Leonard. In Vegas, I want you to kind of break down his first half of the season or so for his third. He's got a 906 save percentage in 22 games here. Hasn't been phenomenal, but right now he is the guy. Like, they don't have any other options. I'm sorry, but come playoff push time, you can't go back to Laurent Brossois. No, you absolutely can't. And 906 is what I expect from Robert Ryan. There's nothing surprising, nothing shocking. Now, granted, the team has been all banged up in front of him, and that's Part of the reason why his his numbers may be that way, but I'll be honest with you, I don't think the guy's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. I really, I, I'll say this again, and I know that Mark Andre Furs has his challenges in in Chicago uh, with a team that started very poorly. They traded the wrong goaltender. I would have traded Robin Leonard because I just don't think he's the winner in a big spot. I don't trust him to make a big state save. I don't like his style. He's flopping around in that. They they may win. But it's not going to be because of Robin Leonard. It's because their depth is really good um, when they get healed. You know, I, I know that Chandler D. Stevenson does great things there, Cody, but you can't tell me they traded Jack for Jack Eichel to put him on the second line with guys like Dodonoff and, you know, and, and Marsh or so. Like, it, it's going to be Jack. It's going to be uh, Stone. It's going to be Pacioretty. So if they win, it won't be on the back of Robin Leonard. It'll be on the back of the, the forwards and the defense. So to me, again, I, I'm not surprised that in this – not a favorite of the guy. Don't think he's a championship goaltender, but that remains to be seen. I knew we'd see eye to eye on something there, Dennis. No, I fully agree. It's a great <laughs> breakdown, but I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think NHL GMs are too smart. They weren't going to trade for Robin. And if they were, they weren't. They were giving up pennies on the dollar because that's what his, you know, his ceiling is. I don't think he has potential to elevate his game any more than he has in the past. And he's proven he's not the guy to take you to a Stanley cup. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you. Look at the number. numbers proven out. 906, 305 goals against, right? And, and again, granted, the team hasn't played well in front of them. They've had a lot of injuries. They've got this guy like Alec Martinez certainly back there. But to me, like, I think he's won, I think it's 12 playoff games lifetime or something in that range where to me, sorry, that's not like you don't trade away Marc-Andre. Oh, he's won 14. He's 14 and 14 in the playoffs. Okay. It's, it's not a good, it's not good enough for me. It's just not to me to think that, that this is going to be the guy that's going to carry you to a championship. And he's 919 in the playoffs, which is okay. It's not otherworldly. It's not Vezina winning. It's not. You know, it, it's not Conn Smythe winning. So to me, I, I think that 
at some point, he's not going to make the big save that they need, and they may wind up losing in the playoffs because of him. Now, you took a shot at our Saskatchewan guy, Chandler Stevenson, already, which is totally fair. I mean, he's not a top-line center when Jack Eichel's in the lineup. But how impressed have you been with him? Like, this is a guy who comes over from Washington, and he just finds himself in the right situation. Now he leads the team in scoring, and there's some pretty damn good hockey players on Vegas right now. I know points per game, he's not there, but total points, he's, he's had a yeah. phenomenal season. Oh, no, he's done everything right. It's not a bang on Chandler Stevenson. It's just that, you know, and not for nothing, Cody, like go back to last year's playoffs. How many goals did Chandler score? None. Zero. Okay. And what happened? Why didn't the Vegas Golden Knights win the playoffs? Because they couldn't score when it got deep. So to me, look, when they when Jack is healthy, though, look at they're going to line up. They're going to line up Jack, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, and Nicholas Wad down the middle. That's good enough to win a championship. So he's done nothing wrong. It's not a disrespect to Chandler Stevenson, but in, in a big spot, like you're not going to have this player who scored five goals in 66 playoff games as your one seed. It's Jack Eichel. It's going to be Jack Eichel. Anybody that thinks that it's not going to be Jack Eichel once he gets to game 83 uh, is kidding themselves. But it's just a difference of, of how much better Jack Eichel is than Channel Stevenson. Nothing that he's done wrong. He's done great since he's come to. Now he, he's really defined his career in Vegas with a very, very good team. He's done all the right things. But again, he's not going to be this guy that's going to be the top scorer in the playoffs if they are going to win a championship. Dennis, I got two more for you, and this has been awesome so far. Uh, let, let's stick in the Pacific, Calgary or Edmonton. Who do you like more? Fully healthy, come playoff time. Who do you think goes further? Well, I think on style of play, I guess Calgary's more suited to win games in the postseason. Right? It's been proven over and over again. You know, why does Daryl Sutter used to joke when we were he was here with me in Los Angeles at the three-two league? So the style of play wins in the playoffs, and. I don't know. When I look at Edmonton right now, and they're in the midst of this losing streak, what's the issue? Goaltending and depth. And what was the issue being in the season? People questioning this team. Goaltending and depth. And what wins in the playoffs? Goaltending and depth. So I love watching Connor and Leon play. They're must watch. I'm glad they're on the stage here more often. They put them on TNT a couple a couple of weeks ago against Pittsburgh. But you got to raise the same question. Like I'll give you the example. We talked about Jonathan Quick. Should Kenny Holland look at Jonathan Quick if the Kings out of the playoffs and they want to move him? Yeah. Like he gives them a lot better shot to win the playoffs than either one, any of these goaltenders do. You can't trust Mike Smith to be healthy. Costin, forget about him. And Stuart Skinner isn't the answer. So, so to me, um, I would say that right now Calgary is more suited to win in the playoffs, Cody, but I'm not confident in them as well. I look at the lineup and I just think where are they going to get scoring? I love Jacob Markstrom. I think he's really been great for them and Bildar's been good as well. But do I think they're a threat to like a, a Vegas or a Colorado? I don't see it. I think they can win two rounds, but I don't see them as a four round team. I would agree with that. And also last one, Alex Ovechkin. I, I know he's incredible goal scorer and everything. McDavid dry settle got off to such a great start. Is Ovechkin the heart winner right now? If you were to choose the award today, or is there someone else you got in mind? Um, if they win the division, yes, I, I could see him as the heart. And I'm assuming now Edmonton is going to win the division. So I, I think right there he's right in the conversation, Cody. I mean, you could argue with all his greatness, and I believe he's going to break um, the record for goal scoring. He's going to bring 99's record. Like This has been his best season. Because like, remember, he used to be a huge minus player. He used to be the Cy Young winner, right? He used to have like 25 goals, five assists. Look at his assist total. Like he's changed his game at this age, trying to pursue the goal scoring record. It, it's been a magnificent season for this player. And yeah, if, if he's good, look, I vote for the heart. 
And he's good. He's already in the conversation without question. But if he's going to put up this type of season without Nick Backstrom, remember he played and granted Kuznetsov's no slouch, but without Nick Backstrom to, to go and do these numbers and lead this team. Yeah. He's certainly in the conversation, but just if I had told you, to start the season game 30, he'd have more assistant goals. You would tell me, okay, he's got five goals. Well, he's got 21 goals and 25 assists and he's plus 19. This, that's an MVP caliber season. So yes, he's going to be in the conversation. I think if they win the division, and which is a possibility, then I think that he has a, a legitimate shot at getting the heart. Love it. Dennis, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, yeah, we'll catch up in the new year. Have a good Christmas. Anytime, Cody. Thanks for bringing me on World Hockey Report. I appreciate it. Dennis Bernstein right there from the fourth period. Always a blast to talk to. Loads of knowledge as well. Taking the time for us here at World Hockey Report. It's an interesting conversation. The Ovechkin, the Gretzky, What's more impressive? We've had that argument a million times, and we're going to have it a million more times, but it's clear. I think anyone who's played the game, anyone who's watched enough of the game, Ovechkin's, if he breaks the record, that's way more impressive. Look at the goalies he was shooting on. You know, it's it's night and day when you compare Billy Smith to Henrik Lundqvist. Which one's tougher to score on? If you swap sticks, does it make that big of a difference? Was Gretzky really going to score that many more goals with an Easton Synergy? Or would Ovi not score that many if he was using a Sherwood 50-30? No free ads. Shout out, use Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. I don't think that changes the game. That's my opinion, though. Okay, we got hockey tonight, though. Oilers, Jackets, that's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for the sole factor of if the Oilers lose, it's just going to be a nightmare. Twitter's going to be so funny. When you talk about how petty Leafs fans can be, if the Oilers lose tonight, going to be a gong show. And if they drop out of playoffs because San Jose can beat Vancouver, San Jose's at home. They're the favorites. The Oilers don't win tonight. They could be out of a playoff spot. Elsewhere in the NHL, quickly, we got like 30 seconds to get through all of these, so we might as well rip. 5 o'clock, you got Philly, Montreal, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, LA, Florida, Vegas, New Jersey, Detroit, Carolina. 5.30, you got Boston and the Islanders. 6 o'clock, you got Colorado, Nashville, Buffalo, Minnesota. 7 o'clock, Columbus, Edmonton. 8.30, Vancouver, San Jose. Toronto, Calgary, that's postponed tonight. Huge thanks to our guests, though. Of course, Tyler, your M-Truck, and Dennis Bernstein for hopping on the show. Enjoy hockey tonight. Enjoy the weekend. It's almost Christmas. We'll talk to you next week. Road to the World Juniors presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. we got some cool stuff coming up. Cody Jansen signing out for the weekend. Enjoy it, everyone. As always, be kind, be better.